Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com hb to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. And what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Seahawks, the Real Hawk Talk Seahawks post-game show. I can't even speak. You're so excited you can't even talk right now. I got to tell you, boys, the, the Seahawks go to 7-3 and three with a dramatic victory over division rival Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, take back what is rightfully theirs. And, uh, guys, this is the first time... I can remember. I'm not sure when the last time was. I, I was not on Twitter from like two o'clock today until the end of this game. I didn't check it once. I have no idea what you guys were talking about. I have no idea what fans were talking about. I just talked to my kid, texted him back and forth because my heart, my chest was felt like I had a, a truck on it all afternoon. This game was so big. There was so much riding on it. The Seahawks had a lot going against them from an injury situation, from a you know, mentality situation. And wouldn't you know it, the defense rightfully with a game on the line, not only the defense, but the pass rush makes a play to put them into first place in the division. Guys, how are you feeling? Evan, let's start with you. This is a huge fucking win. They, they needed to win tonight, and they did. This was, in my opinion, the most complete game of the season. Uh, obviously, the best game the defense has had. I, I know the Cardinals scored 21 points. They, in terms of moral counts, they really only scored 14. Like, one drive was pretty much gifted to them by the refs. Uh, the Seahawks offense, uh, you know, Jason Myers missed an extra point. DK Metcalf dropped, and you know, an open touchdown. So they left five points off the board. So I don't know what it ended up being, 28-21. So I guess in re- in my mind, it was a 33-14 to game. That That's how lopsided I felt this game was. I, I was texting Jeff the entire time, too. I was actually almost completely off Twitter, too. I was only checking um, – 
every other quarter. And this game was not as close, I felt like, as the score revealed. Seahawks almost – the Seahawks felt and controlled this entire game. And, and frankly, my mind's all over the place right now, but this defense, they needed this game. Yeah. They needed this game. Ken Norton needed this game. I think Ken Norton had a couple of weird play calls that were back-to-back that we could talk about. But regardless, I, I think we have to give credit to everybody on the defensive side of the ball. They, they showed up. The pass rush showed up. Carlos Dunlap can have – Carlos Dunlap, please impregnate me. Like, I love you. That trade was amazing. Uh, I hope Puna Ford is okay. I don't know if he came back into the game. I wasn't checking. He okay, he he's good. Puna Ford is good. Uh, Brandon Sheldon, come back in though, right? I did not see him come back in. I'm guessing we're going to find out that's an ankle thing. I, okay. I'm not, I don't think that's a season ender. I think uh, we'll talk about that. Olsen certainly looked like that was probably a, a career ender, but we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, credit to this defense, man. Credit to Russell for bouncing back. Everybody's worried about Russell, you know, throwing another couple picks. This was a complete game. They needed it. They're back to first in the NFC West, and they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. We're back in the NFC race, bitches. We're back. The Seahawks are back. Whew. Jeff, how are you feeling, man? Well, I definitely didn't feel the way Evan did. Um, no, me neither. Um, and we were talking, though. That's how we actually started talking in the fourth quarter. I texted him that that game felt way too similar to the first Arizona game, and I was terribly nervous about it, where for three quarters in both games, like the Seahawks were clearly a touchdown better than them. And they were clearly in control, but the game was just too close for comfort when it got within two points and it looked like Seattle was struggling a bit offensively. And then the safety kind of brought them back in. But I think like you could say like Seattle pretty comfortably is a touchdown better than Arizona. I think both games have shown that even though they self-destructed and got close at the end. But man, I was not comfortable in that game. And I, I, I can't tell you how many takes I saw on Twitter to let them score at the end. So they would give Russ 40 seconds left. But I'm just so happy that Carlos Dunlap did it. There were some doubters when they made that trade because of how he was playing in Cincy. I was one of the advocates of him from the start. I thought he was awesome tonight. And it was just like a frustrating game from some points. They took some weird penalties. That penalty on Damian Lewis was horrible. It took a DK Metcalf oh, play man. away. The Quandre Diggs penalty was so stupid. That was the right call for the record. So it was an up and down game, but there was a lot of things we can end. Russ is back. Like Russ was great today. And that, that, to me, is the most encouraging thing of anything. That's so interesting, man. Having not had any conversation with you guys during the game and, like, normal. I mean, first of all, I was much more like you. This game felt tight the whole way to me. It did not feel like the Seahawks were in control. They certainly were ahead. But it felt like the type of game that Seahawks did not put them away. Cardinals stayed in it. They were feeling confident, you know, and and the Seahawks just could not make the, the play to put them over. And finally, they did at the end. It's funny you say that about Russ. Like, I thought he played a very controlled game. I felt like the offense played very timidly all day. They they, they played a Pete Carroll style of well, offense. Well, I think the it final drive. Very tight. The final sequence at the end, even though Carlos Hyde fumbled that play, that was cowardly, and that was awful. I, for me, it wasn't cowardly. Like, that's not it. It was just very low risk all yes, over the place. It was yeah. like, I'm Russ, and I'm not – I don't think it was just Pete. Russ looked like he was in his own head a little bit, was not taking shots down the field, was running instead of throwing. A lot of times he was making pretty quick choices to just run with the ball a lot. It, 
it it looked like they were nervous and Russ was trying to not make a mistake all night. That that that's what it looked like. Yeah, Nathan, go ahead. Well, I mean, like we've been ragging on him for like two weeks about how you can't turn the ball over and yeah. uh, like you gotta kinda, you know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I'm not I thought he was him. I'm okay, just, okay. That's how it looked. It like it. This did not look like a dominant offensive game from the Seahawks. It looked like a team that was a little nervous and in their own heads uh, about about playing offense and not making mistakes. I think Definitely. that's probably fair. But like, I mean, let's like the the Cardinals are six and three. They're a division opponent. Like six and four now. The the Cardinals were six and three coming into this game. They're a division opponent. Uh, like they're a good football team and this was an awesome football game. I mean, really like I, I would have loved, I, I predicted them to win 38, 20 and I would have loved for them to actually do that. But like reality is, you know, they played a good game against a good football team and no, they didn't blow them out and no, they didn't put them away early. And you know, it came down to it at the end, but like, I don't know, like this just felt, I, I, I like there was a, uh, you know, when it came down, like the very last Cardinals drive and it looked like there were, you know, there was a chance they're going to go to overtime and people started like tweeting, you know, stuff about like, oh, Seahawks, they'll never play a normal game in their life. Uh, and that was fun. But I think actually like now, like, you know, that it didn't get too weird or crazy. I think that was just a really, really good football team. Like if you were not a fan of either of these teams and you decided to spend your Thursday night watching Thursday night football, I think you're really happy with your decision. I think that was a really a fun, awesome, good game between two good teams. And Seattle won. They didn't turn the ball over. The defense didn't look like a disaster. Like, man, I don't know how you walk away from this game and not have, like, anything but, like, positives all the way down the list. Other than oh. maybe injuries. Injuries, I guess, is your one thing. Yeah, there's a couple injuries there. But, like, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's huge. It's a huge, huge win. I think uh, – I think we, we, we got to talk about the defense a little bit. I mean, the defense held, started this game on fire, um, held the Cardinals to 107 yards in the first half. Um, and if Quandre Diggs hadn't had the stupidest penalty of the season, um, you know, would have had another three and out to start the second half and then made the play at the end to win. And I don't know. I'm curious who stood out to you guys. We obviously Dunlap with two sacks. He played well. I thought this was maybe Jamal Adams' best game since the first game of the season. Not because he had a ton of big plays. He was in control. There was not these, like, running wild, crazy, like, open spaces. It was disciplined. And I think one of the biggest plays of the game was his uh, forcing um, Murray to get the intentional grounding. Like, if he doesn't do that, we don't get the safety. It's a totally different game. Um, so like, I thought Jamal Adams deserves some credit. I think Trey flowers is another guy that, uh, I mean, him and DJ Reed, I think you have to say they played better at cornerback in this game than they did the first game. Jeff, you look like you were trying to get in there. No, no, I agree. Jamal for the most part looked good. The, the play at the goal line was not his best, but he, he, he made the, he made up for with the ground and play that safety kind of turned the game around and. Yeah, I thought just as a unit, they looked much more controlled. The first half was really good. The penalties in the second half killed that one drive. They took two penalties that were just completely unnecessary. Bobby takes the horse collar, 15 yards. It should have been an eight-yard loss. But I thought DJ Reed looked pretty good. I know Trey was still up and down. DJ Reed made some big plays down the stretch. He looks he looks a lot like I jokingly texted Evan during the game, like, is he better than Shaq? 
Gamble was not serious, but he looked pretty comfortable. And that, that that's that's a big step for them that their cornerback are on an absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean the Cardinals end up the, the, the guys. This was the number one offense in the NFL in terms of yards per game. Number one against the number 32 defense in yards per game. The, the Cardinals ended up with 314 yards on the night. I mean, that's a good performance in any game in any year. Um, it's not easy to hold a, a, an offense to 300 yards. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to go crazy about it, but I'd say that the, the Seahawks defense has played two really good halves of football out of their, you know, previous two games, their second half of the bills and the second half of the Rams, they were three yards of play for the opponent offense and, and held them, held them down pretty well. And then they just played what was really probably their only complete game of the season. Um, even the 49ers game where they played well, the fourth quarter, they gave up a bunch of yards and points. So, um, you know, are any of you feeling like, all right, maybe there's some hope for this defense. Maybe this defense can be better than what they were the first, you know, eight games of this year. I mean, I, we were talking about this a little bit in the chat, I think this week, um, and I wasn't too hopeful that they were going to look drastically different today. And I think they did look quite a bit better. But yeah, I, I do think there's hope for this defense. I mean, they're they're about as healthy right now as we've maybe seen them all year, um, except for maybe week one or two. Um, I mean, Dunbar going on IR and, and Quill still being, you know, in kind of limbo right now is concerning. But, you know, if, if they can get guys back and they you know, even just one of those guys, even just Quill um, and kind of move Reed to his more natural spot. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there is reason for optimism. Um, you've got Dunlap now. He looks good. You know, the defensive line looks like it's kind of rounding out. Brooks looks better and better every week, I think. Hmm. Um, what, what, did he, what did you see from him that, that, that stood out to you? He didn't, he didn't jump out to me this game. He had, I mean, nothing, nothing major, um, especially just, you know, watching it live, but he had a play early on. I don't remember if it was a screen or like a toss play to the side opposite him. And he came just flying in and it was at the end, you know, he wasn't the one that like made the play or anything, but it, you could just tell that he like had a moment of confidence and shot his gun and looked fast as hell and laid a hit. And I, I, you're, I mean, I think if you watch him really closely, you know, game in and game out, he's starting to feel himself a little bit and is comfortable. And you can, you're, you're starting to see that when those things come together for him, he's pretty special in terms of speed and size and all that stuff. So I think Brooks is coming along. I think, you know, Adams has been uh, nice. Um, I still don't quite love the way they used him, although I think that it was better today. You guys um, are forgetting so, about somebody critical. Jason Myers missing an extra point no, that made no, this a game. No, no, we're Who? not talking. No, no, we're not talking about him. Dunlap. LJ Collier had a day today. There you go, Evan. LJ Collier had a day. He had a okay. sack. He he forced uh forced a Fair safety. Game. Uh 
J.R. Sweezy, as always, coming in big for the Seahawks. The long-locked J.R. Sweezy. L.J. Collier is slowly coming along and becoming a, you know, a decent contributor on this defense. I don't think he's living up to his draft status, but we're seeing improvement out of him. And today he was a difference maker and that matters. And I just feel like for as much as we have rightfully shit on him in the past, I think he deserves that call out today. I think you're, I think that's a great call guys. Tell me that Trey flowers is not the best corner on this team. Even when Shaq and Quentin Dunbar are healthy. Tell me. Did you see him try to tackle? uh, That was a terrible tackle. Agreed. But that's one play. I mean, as far as he he kept Hopkins in front of him. Hopkins only plays today, other than that one, were all like short passes. I mean, he had that one play was 23 yards. He had 51 total. So that's four catches for, you know. 25 yards the other you know all the other plays I thought Flowers they had him one-on-one against Hopkins a lot of this game and I don't know I, I think I think he deserves more credit than maybe you guys are giving him I, I think he's as much as I've shit on him I, I think he he has earned some praise by being pretty steady week in week out for the last four weeks I think that's a little generous but I mean he's not the complete dumpster fire he was early in the year I mean he he's He's bounced back. He's evened out. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Nathan, you need to, you wrote something in the chat that was super interesting. What did, what did Hopkins do tonight? That wasn't me. Was it not? Oh, it was Jeff. I'm sorry. Jeff, what did Hopkins do tonight? Well, usually Nathan's the one saying interesting things, but you're not used to it from me. But um, he only had 51 yards on five catches, which I think all of us, I know me and Evan for sure thought Hopkins would, destroy us in that game like I didn't see how we were going to cover him with our corners down and kind of what Brian said like he didn't make any real game-changing plays all his stuff was like comeback routes he had some easy conversions but he didn't really change the game at all which was really surprising I don't know if that's a flowers thing I'm gonna have to look back at my but that's a stunning stat line considering the week he's coming off and what he's done this year I I totally agree and I'll say guys uh he's added to my bitch list like that, that play when Quandre got the penalty, he barely actually made contact. And, and not only did Hopkins try to totally sell it, but then he immediately starts pointing to his head and acting like it was some cheap shot. It was like a stupid play by Diggs, absolutely stupid. But Hopkins was smiling. He knew exactly what he was doing. That was a bitch play by him. Your bitch list is just players who are smart. No, it's people that suck. <laughs> You don't want to get on it, Nathan. Careful now. Wow. Um, no, it was it was annoying. It was annoying. I don't. I didn't. I didn't like Hopkins. I thought Drake or Kirkpatrick. Like I don't know what the hell was going on there. That's a game changing mistake. What a stupid. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm like, how stupid are you? And uh, that's a really cool one. Another too. cheap play on twisting twi- twisting Tyler Lockett's knee, and it wasn't even Kirkpatrick. So I don't know why he was getting so. So pissed off. We are so lucky Lockett did not get seriously. Oh my God, that was bad. That was like the barrel roll on Chris. Yeah, yeah, we are so lucky he didn't get injured there. I hope I hope Brandon Shell is okay. I, I I don't mean to be a downer, but that could be a huge loss if if he's out for any sort of significant amount of time. I, I was texting uh Jeff when it happened, like live during the play, but Cedric, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Cedric immediately came in and immediately gave up a pressure on like play oh, yeah. one. Oh it was, yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. 
And Brian, I have a question for you. What was your, uh, Nathan will like this one. How'd you feel about Carlos Hyde tonight? Nathan, you're muted, but. No, oh, no, I thought you were asking Brian. Brian, how'd you feel about Carlos Hyde tonight? I just got to say, you know, it was amazing. You know, I, I, I have to eat some crow on this one. I, I said I didn't know, you know, how getting Chris Carson back this week was going to make a difference. But obviously, Russell has returned to form with Chris Carson there. The physical attitude that Chris Carson brings is just so evident how you can't replace that. I mean, it's not like you could just find a guy who's like on his fourth team in three years and sign for $2 million and replicate everything you get from your star running back. No, there's no humility in that corner of this podcast. (laughs) Oh, we were going to get it. I mean, he's he's sitting here talking all sorts of shit in a game about the offense and Russell looking good when they actually ran the ball a ton. And he's completely against that approach to offense. So I don't know exactly what what that's can, supposed to can be. i shift the conversation yes damian lewis should not be a center are we all in agreement really? <laughs> I, I i didn't i didn't feel that way i honestly didn't feel that way are you being sarcastic no not at all you don't think he played poorly tonight the guy I has never played, played center before he's never played no, that, center. that's i'm not criticizing him i'm just saying like he had he had, a, he had the, the place where he had a missed snap you know that's completely understandable and correctable he had he had a holding call that was legit, sure. and he had a holding call that was total bullshit. Sure. Otherwise, I actually was excited at the notion if he can play center, they've got a lot more guard options than they do center. And so, future wise, again, I'm not big on Posick being a, a guy they extend. So, if he's got that as an option, I'd rather him be a guard. But that's that to me. He did nothing tonight to make me say, "Oh my God, he is not a center." Yeah, I mean. Wow. And not only that, like uh, he's a rookie, so he's playing his ninth game ever, right? Tenth game ever, and he's doing it on a short week in a position he's never played. Like yeah, exactly. If this dude played, you know, if, if he had like, if you, if if he played center the rest of the year and went into the next year as a starting center and got a full training camp and everything, I don't think there's any reason not to think he wouldn't be great at it. Well, I'll say this: he was better than Joey Hunt was ever at center for us. And Joey yeah. Hunt spent his entire life playing center. So there you go. Yeah. What do you guys right. think of shoddy tonight? I like the, one of the plays that stood out to me. There was there were a couple plays that stood out to me. One was DK's second drop where he was, they had, they had been setting up this play about this fake pitch out. And then Russell flipped around and hit DK in stride in his hands. That probably would have been a touchdown. I thought that was an, a, a fantastic play call, really well designed, well countered off their other plays. And the other one was the third and one late. Uh, that was a play they could have easily decided to run. I thought they ran a really nice play to Hollister, which Joe Buck told us was his first catch of the season. Those plays that stood oh, out right. to me. I, I thought Shoddy had a decent night. I would give it like a B. There was two things I hated from him. I agree with you for the most part. Um, early in the game, there was a third and two where they tried a play action. No, a full pass pro bomb with no short reds. Max protect. I thought that was just an awful play where they like they could have been in control of the game. And the end of the game, that pitch to Hyde where they didn't like they didn't give Russell a chance to kind of ice the game there. But the rest of the game, I thought they were very controlled. They ran a bit much on second and long, but I thought for the most part, there was a lot of creative plays on the play actions, some short stuff to Tyler. They used DK better. They weren't scared to take shots. 
I thought he was fine. I thought he was good. You saw some good stuff, some horrible stuff. Nothing too exciting, but they went more run heavy than we thought they would for sure. They, I, I don't understand why we're saying this. They, they passed 38 times. They ran 21 times. Okay. Like early downs. That run heavy. They passed 38 times? Really? Yeah, wow. Russ had 10 rushes and none of them were designed. And three sacks. So it's 41. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm wrong. 31 runs for the Seahawks. But I, I, yeah. I, that's probably maybe You're a little right. more than they have been. But I yeah. think that probably speaks to just how aggressive they've been about passing to this point. So, so yeah. was Pete Carroll just lying on Monday? No, they seemed a little this more run-heavy. This is definitely a heavier run script overall. I agree with Nathan. It wasn't like they all of a sudden flipped the script back to like – Sure. In fact, I thought the stats they were throwing out about the play calls were wrong. They were calling like Russell's runs, run plays. Right. And as Nathan was saying, those were path plays that he was scrambling on. So there wasn't a single design run for Russell all day that I thought that I remember. I thought Hyde and Scarborough both looked pretty good. I agree. You guys want to give me shit. I will take it. This is Hyde's best game. No, no question. I, I he thought he looked good. He, he looked good. I didn't think he was great, but I thought, I thought he got the yards that were there and he actually made some good cuts where he got yards that maybe wouldn't have been there. So I, I thought this was a good game for Hyde for sure. I mean, in all seriousness, like, do I do I think that Carlos Hyde is as talented as as Chris Chris? No, I don't. I I do think though that I, this game is exactly like this. This reinforced like every prior I have because <laughs> I, I know. So I'm gonna be totally awful about it. Uh, but um, no, like, is Chris Carson like better than Carlos Hyde? I think you know by every measure of a running back or you know. Ha- Anyone that looks at the two and watches the two, I think they're going to think that Chris Carson's a better player. But like when you talk about like what does it actually boil down to and like how does it actually help you, I don't think this this like Hyde was clearly more than good enough, and this offense was more than good enough with him, right? Um, and so that's really where I, I've been I've been antagonizing people and trolling a little bit on this, uh, just a little bit. Uh, you troll but, on Twitter? I mean, once in a while. What percentage you know, at the of tree. your tweets are actually just straight intent versus snarkiness? I mean, they're all straight intent, but some <laughs> of them are snarky. So uh, it's like Nathan, it's got to be like an eighty percent snark rate for sure. I mean, the dream is to do both at the same time, so let's <laughs> not act like they're mutually exclusive. Uh, I wanted to follow up on what you were mentioning earlier about the run pass splits. So Derek in our chat just shared uh, the Seahawks had a 59.5% neutral situation pass rate tonight. That was more than the new England and Miami games for perspective. Like Hyde's a good running back. Like he was an Ohio state guy, like borderline first round pick ran for a thousand yards last year. This is not like Travis Homer. We're just throwing in there. Like he, yeah. He's a pretty good player. So no, he's a legit starting running back in the NFL. Like, I don't think he's there's anything special about him. Like he's Travis Homer sometimes. Like he's pretty talented. No, yeah. No, I don't think I, I don't think we've talked about him that way. I've probably been the most critical of him. And I just think I just think he's he's a good back. I, I think yeah. he's in the he's in the there's the big chunky middle of running backs, which almost all of them fit in. He's at the high side of that chunky middle. I think yeah. Carson is is in the is in the next category of backs. You like the that chunky name? middle of backs. Chunky middle. <laughs> yes. okay. I like He's that. in the Lendell White section. 
Um, do you know what uh, season I mean, it is officially, Brian? Before I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, go ahead. Do you know what time it is, guys? Do you guys Do you guys know what time it is? Is it time to talk about how Jason Myers missed an extra point? You know what time it is? It's time to run the fucking table. Oh, here we it's go. T- it is time to run the fucking table. I'm disappointed. It's there Evan. for them. It it's is. It him. is there for them. It is not unrealistic. They have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. The NFC West is, uh, you know, their their own journey to decide. And it's very possible. I would say even likely that they still end up with the number one seed in the NFC. I do have some news. Uh, Pete Carroll says that Shaquille Griffin will be back in the next game. Wow. Does he deserve to start? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just a question. I kind of like DJ Reed, but yeah, it's kind of I like DJ Reed too. Does he have a short leash? No. Yeah. I think, I think you rotate. I think I'd be okay with a rotation there, depending on how Griffin's playing. Okay. I'm trying to figure out your. He'd become your nickel guy or is it Ugo? Then that's why I think he actually does have a short leash because I think, I mean, Reed's been really up and down this year and, and I think he had a better game today. And so, you know, I, I don't know, like he could look awful again the next time out, but I think what makes, it more likely that he has a short leash is that Ugo I thought looked pretty good tonight and has played okay over over all the seasons. So like there's no hesitation to move. I assume that if if Quill comes back and gets a starting spot, then Reed is your starting nickel. But there's absolutely no hesitation, I assume, on the part of the coaching staff to say, okay, we're bumping Reed back to starting and we're very comfortable having a modi. You know what else I like about Reed? He's he's a better kick returner than Homer. Like Homer's getting taken over in all sorts of places, but every time he returns the, the, the kicks, I'm like, this could go like he's, he's got like an aggression and a speed to how he returns kicks that like, I think he brings a little, we, we didn't really get to talk about it last week because we were so pissed off about them the way that game went, went out. But um, he had a big return last week too. I, I think, I think Reed is, is one of the most like unheralded, additions to this team this year where would this where would this team be if they hadn't picked up dj reed i mean you'd be talking about lyndon stevens and some other guy i can't remember that, that is on the practice squad that like staley or something i can't Injury remember news. can i yes. jump in uh greg olson has a i don't know how to say this torn something in his foot rupture uh, plantar fascia Ooh. Yeah, Sounds. That might, that's probably the last play of his career. It's sad, but that's probably it for him. He's going to go right into broadcasting. A lot of folks speculating it's obviously season injury, ending injury. So, so this is going to be an opportunity news. for Colby Parkinson. It is. You spent a draft pick on this kid. He's six seven. You've got Disley and Hollister. You know, like I, I'm not happy for for Olson, and obviously you'd rather have him than not obviously rather have the 7 million too, but, but uh, uh, I'm okay. I, I mean, I'm interested to see what Colby Parkinson can, can mean for the offense in the second half of the year. I mean, there's it's de- more uh, breaking news here, actually. Uh, Joe fan just tweeted out a little bit ago that Pete Carroll um, on having Carlos Hyde back and bringing a physical running attack 
It felt like the Seahawks we've gotten to know over the years. So I think that's confirmation that Carlos Hyde is as good as Chris Carson, Thomas Rawls, Marshawn Lynch. Brandon oh, Shell, just like it ever here. was. Brandon Shell has a sprained ankle. Already oh. isn't known yet. Oh, okay, that's a high ankle sprain, though, right? Probably. Brian, you know yet. that one. Yeah, that's yeah, what it looked that's, like. Uh, that's pretty good news, I think. It is. I mean, he might be out wild, but I mean, honestly, he's a huge part of the way the offense has been playing. Uh, Agbuehi, is that how you pronounce his name? It's called uh, Cedric. Cedric. If Posa come come back, do you put Jamarco Jones at right tackle? That's what I would do. Personally, I, would do. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but that's what I would prefer them to do. Me too. Um. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Certainly not this guy that we would have all just freaked out at the thought of a Brandon Shell injury. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? I mean, that guy has quickly become like a pretty important member of this team. I think there's an argument he was the best free agent signing in the whole league. For for in terms of what he's the value he's providing for the price that he cost, I think that's a great call. I think there's an argument for it. I'm sure I'm missing someone, but I mean, a stud right tackle is not cheap. Oh. Turns out, probably greater right. better than Coughlin this year, right? Um, <laughs> how did how did you guys feel coming into this game? Like, honest, none of your like machismo bullshit. Like, how are you guys feeling about like? Were you feeling confident? Were you feeling like, oh man, this is going to be bad? Were you feeling like, I mean, what was your mental like state heading into this game? And then, Evan, you've already answered kind of, you felt like they were in control the whole way. It sounds like you're feeling pretty confident the whole way. Are you asking me how I felt going into the game? Going into the game is the first question. And then through the game, how are you feeling? Going into the game, and I texted Jeff this, my mind told me they were going to lose, but my heart told me they were going to win. Okay. And I actually felt – I know you guys were all freaking out. That was one of the most relaxing Seahawks games I've ever watched. (laughs) Wow. And that was not a relaxing football game in, like, the football game spectrum. (laughs) But this defense gave me confidence. I, I really believe. You stop at the end, honestly. What was that, Jeff? You thought they'd get a stop at the end? No, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that would. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, no bullshit. This is honest. No, yeah. that's, that's the pure truth. But I, I do believe this defense took a big step forward today, and it gave me confidence. Uh, Jeff, how are you feeling headed into this game? I was confident in Russell in terms of like him getting his stuff figured out, but I was not confident in the Seahawks as a team. I thought they were going to lose this game. I picked a win last night just because I needed some optimism heading into the day. And it was a very dark feeling the last two games. And I was more just more in the mindset of just don't embarrass ourselves like they did last two weeks. And I was worried they would coming in against Kyler. And I thought Hopkins would just destroy them. So I was terrified of that matchup. So the first half, I was just extremely pleasantly surprised that they didn't embarrass themselves. And as the game went on, I kind of flipped that mindset. And I was more like, okay, the Seahawks look like good again. And then it got really uncomfortable the whole game. But yeah, going into it, I, I was horrified. I, I thought they were going to just embarrass themselves for the third week in a row. Nathan, where were you? Like, you're not, you're not 
you're, you're very calm on the surface, but I have a feeling like there's, there's something like going on underneath. Like, how are you feeling heading into this game? Yeah. I had no idea what to think about this game. Yeah. Like division rival short week. Uh, it was supposed to rain. I don't know if it actually did. Right. Um, but like, I also had a lot. Of, I also like felt a lot of what people were saying about like, Oh, Russ is going to come out and kill it. Like, because I mean, yeah, there was no way he was going to let that just that turd sit there like it did. Uh, so, and then, yeah, I mean, getting some people back on defense. So I just had no idea. I had no idea what to expect. I thought they were going to win kind of, but uh, yeah, I was kind of a, a mess. I, I didn't know. I want to call out uh, a friend of the show, uh, Chris uh, at 30 acre fortress. He used to have a great blog, smart guy, funny guy. Used to have a great blog. He used to put it on my tone. He, he actually ended up choosing life over blogging for some reason. I, this I was can't. like in the 1960s, though, right? <laughs> like <laughs> he tweeted out with three and a half sacks in three games with the Seahawks. Carlos Dunlap has a half a sack more than Jadavian Clowney did last year, and three and a half more than Clowney has for Tennessee this year. I will not be petty. I will not be petty. I will not be petty and say something I regret. I mean, oh, by the way, more news. Chris Carson shouldn't be a big surprise uh, is is due back uh, next week as well. Um, and Rashad. Well, Jim- I can't imagine how good they're going to be on offense next week. Wow. Well, so here's. Wow. Here's, I'm going to ignore your snark. Here's the question, guys. <laughs> I think we can all agree that the offense was a little different tonight. Like it, it, it was a little bit more conservative. I, I think they were, I don't know. Maybe you don't agree. I, I thought they played a little tight. Um, I thought it was very professional, but I don't think it was particularly open or, 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 you know, putting up big numbers. Is there a chance that Pete Carroll takes this as validation of, yep, we need to, we need to dial it back, control the ball you know, keep it away from the opponents to help the defense. And that now with Chris Carson back, he's going to have even more fuel for that fire. Is there any concern that, that, that he's going to get in the way of the offense cooking? You almost said, let Russ cook. I don't actually think I came close to saying that, but you kind of came close. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't think that, I don't think, I think Russ was tighter than shoddy was. Right, we talked about it. You know, they they called forty one passes. Right, Russ chose to to run on ten of those. I thought Russ looked a little hesitant, a little a little conservative. So I don't know that this game actually that they called this game actually any different than they called any other game. Right, and that's even considering you know I don't know if if Derek's stat takes into consideration scrambles as uh, pass plays or not. Um, so no, I, I don't think that this game was this game gave us any indication that they're going to call this differently. Um, I think that what difference you might see is if Russ, Russ gets a little confidence from this and maybe cuts a few of those uh, loose instead of running with them. Yeah, it was good they got him got DK going again. Like there's not that hope faux Pelney on the center. It's a very different story. So DK had an interesting game. Can we talk about that for a second? First of all. Can we all agree, like, this notion that Patrick Peterson can shut down DK Metcalf is over. We're done with that. 
he he made Patrick Peterson his bitch like multiple times tonight before he caught the ball after he caught the ball there was plays he could have even made him look worse if he had actually caught the ball so like that's one the other DK man the ball hit him in the face in the end zone in the face and, and then that other play he's across the field it hit him in the hands with nobody in front of him like this guy can be so good. I mean, he infected this game. He affected this game and he still had two just like any other receiver. We'd be just destroying them about those two drops, destroying them. Those are probably two touchdowns. But DK is just like, he's a beast. I mean, this guy's like, he's still such a kid. I mean, I think there's so much more for that we're going to see from him. Um how did how did you guys feel like uh, how do you feel like his game was today? Yeah, kind of like you said, you saw good DK and you saw bad DK. The ball that hit him directly in the face. I know Evan was calling it a drop, but you have to get your hands on it to drop the ball. <laughs> his face uh, dropped the ball. He's kind of like I think we've talked about TO a lot as a comparison, better comparison. I know you guys have argued about Calvin or Julio. This is kind of what T.O. was like as a player, if you remember him. He was the kind of guy who could streak down the field, turn a short yard into a huge play. He can make, like, a plays that no one else can make. But they're just simple plays like the one where he's cutting across the field, and that might have been a touchdown, but he drops that. So I think you just kind of kind of got to live with it. That's kind of the player that T.O. was. He was very similar in that regard. And I think that's just going to be DK in his career. You're going to have to get the good with them, and you're going to have to get the bad with them. But – his stat line would look better if they didn't call that terrible penalty on him. And he got deep and he made Patrick Peterson his bitch a couple times, which was nice after how he's been to him the other two games with him. So yeah, I thought that's kind of, that's DK. Like you got to live and you got, there's the ups and there's the downs. All right. This is something that a lot of people want to know about. We also, the Seahawks defense played good, played well. Do any of you feel differently about Ken Norton after this game? No. No. Not after one game. It's important to recognize the improvement and the step they, the you know, the multiple steps I feel like they took tonight, but they've got to put together consecutive performances to, I think, really change hearts and minds here. I mean, let's not forget like the past nine weeks have been absolutely brutal. Nathan. I have a really like backhanded compliment and before I even say it, like I, I, I don't think it's probably even true, but it, it almost seemed like Norton like watched that Rams defense and was like, Oh wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Cause I felt like they were doing a little bit more to like disguise and like simulate pressures and stuff. And I was like, I swear there was a couple times where they like actually I mean, I think the most frustrating thing for me with Norton had gotten that, like, every time you saw Adams inching up, you just knew. Like, I, I don't quite buy into the whole thing, like, oh, they always line him up in the same place and they blitz him from there. I don't think that's true. But, like, it was always kind of like, oh, here comes Adams. Here comes He's blitz. moving it's, forward. Yep. And there was a couple times where Adams would do it and then drop back. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> 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 Which is just, like, some of the most basic stuff. So, But, like, I... I I'm going to just choose to believe that on like a four, like on four days, like he watched some of the Ram stuff and decided to like revamp how he wants to blitz. Can I, uh, yeah. Can I just totally overreact to two seconds of what I saw on, on, on 
camera today, like completely overreact. I mean, I just did. So I think, yeah, you I, I, I love, I love your take. I love it. Uh, at the end of the game, last drive. Um, I think it was the timeout they had to take when uh, Murray almost ran out the clock and, uh, and Arizona's coach called the timeout. Um, Ken Norton came over to ask, like to talk to Pete Carroll and the way the body language, the, 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 what I walked, what I interpreted was Ken Norton was asking Pete what to do. And my interpretation of that was Pete was calling the defense tonight. That was my interpretation from that two second interchange was this was a Pete Carroll called game. It looked just like you said, Nathan, it looked different. Like the, the scheme looked different. The play calls looked different when they took chances, when they didn't, how they mixed it, it looked different. And maybe that was Ken Norton just, you know, having the light bulb go on. Or maybe he had a hand up his ass puppeteering tonight. And uh, I don't know. I don't know which is more likely, but but that was my over overreaction uh, to that two second clip. All right. There's another another thing we should talk about out of the press conferences tonight. Um, so Corbin just Corbin Smith just tweeted out um, uh, a quote from Carlos Hyde on his analysis of running through Patrick Peterson at the goal line. Uh, unfortunately, I had to lay a boom on him. Uh, I think that's just a, <laughs> the reluctant boom layer, Carlos Hyde. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had to lay a boom on him. <laughs> he did though. He rocked he him. Did. He did. DK actually got away, I think, a little bit with a hold on that. Um, They've almost matched their stack total from last year with six games to go. They, uh, oh, yeah, 25, right, and 28 yeah. last year? Which yeah, makes a lot I, of our pass rush debate. Guys, I mean, Evan, you said it last week, or like on Wednesday. Yes, like last night, I guess, right? Jeez. We yeah. Just last night? Oh, crap. Yeah, I think so. That uh, you're like, the pass rush isn't the concern anymore. That's crazy. Like, you know, given where we were weeks ago, like the pass rush was, was a massive concern. And like your point, Jeff, the last time they played Arizona, everyone remember that was like five weeks ago now. Yeah. Zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. And like just a handful of pressures. Like that was, that was the point when they decided to go get Carlos Dunlop. I don't think we've given him enough. Like that, does that play get made if he's not on the team? Is there anyone else on that roster that makes that play to win the game? Huge. It kind of just hits hits our point home, though, from the offseason of, like, they just needed, like, one sort of key leading pass rusher, and it would all kind of fall into place. Um, I mean, I'm glad they traded for him a little too late, but I wish they had done it sooner, But but they did it. And uh, the unit's trending upwards. I, I don't know how you can't – what was that? It's got to be one of the best trades, like, John's ever made. A seventh-round pick and a backup center for this guy who's almost getting a sack a game. Not only that, Jeff, but he's under contract for next year. Yeah, really. like, this isn't just a rent-a-player. Like, this gives them something as a pass rusher next year. I don't think any – there's no reason to think that he can't be an effective pass rusher next year. No, and that's what I was trying to tell you guys, people, when they got him. Like, this guy, he looks like he looked in Cincinnati last year. He's he's a game-changing player. 
and we might see Daryl Taylor. Who knows? You know, yeah. you don't know what we're going to get from him. I do want to call it one other thing here, um, stats-wise. I think it's one of the underrated stats of the night. Kyler Murray had five carries for 15 yards. It is not easy to keep that guy from running all over the place. And I think he's had at least 60 yards in four straight games and five out of the last six. And this was, I think that he, he was the only player in NFL history that's had five straight games with a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. He did not have a rushing touchdown tonight. So like that was pretty impressive. That's not typical run defense. That's like, that was, that was uh, surprising that they were able to, to contain him the way they did. They did. Still managed to uh, steal Jamal Adams soul though, on just five carries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jamal got him a little bit too. He got him a little bit too, but you're right. He definitely yeah, made Jamal I, silly. Yeah, that would work. Um, I mean, and, and that's not even like, uh, I don't even mean that in like a negative towards Jamal. I think that's just like tip your hat to Kyler. Like that dude moves in insane. <laughs> he does. He does. Um, did Benson Mayoa do anything tonight? I don't think he did. I completely forgot he played. Yeah. He had no there, was, there was one play. There was one play where I saw Benson Mayo, Rasheem Green, uh, and Dunlap all in the field on a third down. I was like, oh man, now they like we've got a pass rush, you know, crew, and and they didn't do anything. But um, yeah, we didn't see much from him. I don't think. I don't think he recorded a, a single stat. How do you feel about Quandre Diggs's game work? He had the horrible penalty, but he had that massive hit on the guy. You're and right. He almost almost had right. an interception. Like he almost, almost made a pick. That was a hell of a play. That one at the end of the game, right? And yeah. he almost on third down there. He almost picked it off too. Yeah, good call. That is a good. It's really hard for me to get over that dumb penalty. I mean, that was <laughs> the ball was nowhere near. He just like that was a dumb, dumb, dumb. I don't know. I, if you cheered the hit on the on Arnold or whatever that dude's name is, uh, if you cheered that play, you can't be that mad about the Hopkins hit because, like you said, like he didn't actually didn't actually like he didn't clobber Hopkins. Like he didn't he wasn't head. He pulled up. He pulled yeah. up pretty hard. He did. I don't know. I don't even know if he pulled up. I think it was just he was just smart. Like, blow. The way that he came in and hit that tight end, like right where like his arms were to knock the ball out, like it was the exact same thing that he did to Hopkins. And I think the rest just saw it as a bang bang and threw a flag. So yeah, yeah. Somebody called out in the chat in the super chat said, you know, is is Hopkins just an idiot? Right? It seems he has a lot of me- mental errors. Like, I don't know if if you, you if Diggs? you like the yeah dig or sorry sorry Diggs yeah yeah. If you liked the the first play, then you can't you can't be mad at him for the second play. I know where you're coming from. And I, I I like I like the idea of it. To me, I think you can. Like they were not similar plays. The ball was literally like ten yards off target of Hopkins. Like he he's coming toward the play. He sees where the ball's going. He knew what he was doing. He it was a fake tough guy play from my perspective. It was just not smart. Like he's he's veteran enough. He should know better. But people in the chat are saying Hopkins flopped. We already talked about that. He absolutely flopped. I mean, it was a, he was, that was a bitch play by Hopkins for sure. But man, I mean, you're right. That's a good question, Jeff. I, I'll be interested to see what his PFF grade is tomorrow. I, I you know, uh, my bias on PSF, P, PFF with uh, safeties. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it looks bad tomorrow and then uh, in a day or two it gets corrected and looks a lot better. Mm, interesting. All right. Anything else you guys want to cover? I mean, geez Louise. I uh, 
I might actually sleep tonight without the aid of like <sighs> the aid of what now? Advil PM. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we're gonna talk about we've got now what not only a full week, but they're playing a Monday night football next. So they get like pretty much a bye week. Um almost between now and when they play Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Um, I mean, they, uh, if they don't end up 12 and four, I think that's a disappointment now. Oh, hundred. Yeah. Right. Like they have the Rams game, but, and, and that's really the only one where you have to be worried. And yeah, I mean, any, any given Sunday, it's a bunch of professional football teams who knows what San Francisco looks like at the end of the year, but like, between four, like, uh, what is it? Uh, five, four, no, four trash teams in the Rams. If they drop more than one of those, it's a, it's a disappointment. So this is this is shaping up to be a 12 and four team and, and possibly 13 and three. Like that's, uh, I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I'll, think this team is going to make any of these games easy. <laughs> no. How close have you guys followed Philly, Philly this year? A little bit. So, Brian, I know you were, like, huge on their front office and their coaching. It's crazy how things flip in the league because Philly fans hate those guys right now. Doug, Doug seems like he's kind of lost it. Roseman's had some, like, massive mistakes. They're, like, $80 million over the cap next year. They've kind of become a disaster in two years, and it's kind of odd how that happened. Carson Wentz is having one of the worst years of any quarterback. It's just weird. And that team seemed to be, like, the team that figured it out and They've kind of they, they keep playing Jalen Hurts and they're trying to figure out how to use him. So that's kind of a strange team this year where they've been awful. Like, yeah, I, it's I, I can't it's just, early. I, I'm just not feeling good about any of these games. You know, yes, they should win all of them. I feel like this I'm team, like the Seahawks, are they're making things tough. I, I got two questions for you guys though. One, um, if the Seahawks played this game, the game they played tonight. The, the approach against the Rams. Who wins? I can't make any predictions with this team against that team. Like, they just have to do it. They, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if they play this game and Russ doesn't lose his mind on two plays and throw interceptions and you don't have a fumbled snap because you have a new center who's playing on a high ankle sprain, yeah, I mean, they probably win. But they just have to show it. Like, there's just no other – there's no other answer. Like, the Rams yeah. own the Seahawks until the Seahawks prove otherwise. Agreed. And we talk a lot about McVay owning them. Brandon Staley owned them. So – and Wade Phillips did last year. So – it's it's all it's what Nathan said. They gotta do it. Like they played like like tonight, they probably win the game. If they don't make those two horrible turnovers last week, they probably win the game. And, okay. and they probably lose this game if Russ makes even one of those terrible decisions like he did in the, in the Rams game. Exactly. <laughs> Next question, and we'll start wrapping up here. Seahawks play the Cardinals in the playoffs. How do you feel about that game? Somebody has to answer. I'm, I'm, I can't go first every time. Are you thinking? No, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm not frozen. 
You looked frozen. It, it very much relies on if this defensive performance was a fluke or not. Because it, was there it anything also, that felt fluky about it? It no. didn't. It didn't. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying you got to see it consistently. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'll go the opposite side of that. I, I think the two games have been pretty clear and similar. Seattle's a seven-point better team than Arizona. If Seattle didn't have this insane self-destructive first game that took like probably a five percent chance of all that stuff rolling together. I, both games have been similar. Seattle's been up seven. They keep cutting it close. Seattle pulls away. I think both games just showed Seattle's a touchdown better than Arizona right now. I think that's the right take. I, and I think the key thing that I know Nathan would agree with is if the Seahawks have Chris Carson, you feel you feel good about their chances. Oh, yeah. I mean, they win this game 20, by 20, 28. <laughs> they might have, asshole. <laughs> You're not supposed to agree with the trolling. That um... yeah, really flipped. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but, like, I don't think – Kyler Murray is like a great quarterback quite yet and I don't think that he's like a lock to beat this team every time or anything that dude scares me though like he he's good and he'll make mistakes and he's not going to beat you every time but I feel like he is just such a wild card and he has such a an upside to him that the Cardinals just, I think, officially will make me squeamish for like the next 10 years or so. Like, as long as he's there and continuing to play he's, the way he's playing, they may never be an amazing Super Bowl winning team, but they're never going to feel like an easy out either. So, if you don't finish one seed and you're the two seed, you're probably playing the Rams or Cardinals in the first round. Who would you rather play? Cardinals. Cardinals not even Cardinals. close. Cardinals, the coaching, the coaching is, I think, a huge drastic difference. You think that low of Pete Carroll? <laughs> well, I mean, there's no shame in being number two. I mean, obviously, McVay is the best coach in the league. Uh, and then I guess Staley is probably the second best coach in the league. Even though he's not a head coach, we can just assume he would be. And then it's like, and then it's Pete and a bunch of other people in the conversation, right? I don't well, like this very much. Like that challenge at the end of the game. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I think he's been a decent coach. I know that actually Arizona fans are not a, have had some real questions about him and some of the play calls he's made and 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 so forth. Um, I've been pretty impressed with the way he's turned this team around. Um, I'll just say, um, well, two things. One, man, it sucked to watch the game at home again. I mean, to watch this season at home sucks. I mean, I'm not saying we should be there. That's not my point. I'm just saying it sucks. I like, I can't handle physically. I cannot handle just sitting on my couch watching these games. I need to be screaming and like shouting and drunk. Like, it's just not, not easy. Um, Wait, were you not any of those things? No. (laughs) I'm pretty quiet watching at home for the most part. I'm too. Five and oh at home this year. I will say though, kudos to whoever's like uh, doing the in game crowd sounds. They're on top of it. Like, I, I don't realize – I mean, obviously, when you see the, the shots of the sands, you know, it's obvious. But uh, if you're just listening and not paying attention, uh, they're doing a great job of making it seem like there really is a crowd there. I agree it sucks to not be able to be there and all that. But uh, random sound tech AV dude, you're killing it. <laughs> I could go uh, home this year. 
Is that right? Well, they, they got three home games left, Giants, Jets, and Rams, so. Oh, man, if they go 8-0 at home, we got to give up the 12 thing. Well, you know, I think they've had more false starts this year. Yeah. I think they've had more opponent false starts this year. I thought the crowd did a great job tonight, by the way. I feel like they haven't been above 500 at home in like four years. And if they do it when there's no crowd, like we got to hang it up. Seahawk Twitter has to retire. We're done. Carlos, Carlos Dunlap just called Kyler Murray a squirrel. That's right. That's 100% right. It's, it's, it's a good. That's concern. extremely accurate. That's funny. Well, they are 1-0 at Lumen Field. They've never lost there. It's um, <laughs> a good start. Um, uh, the only other thing I was going to say was it is one game. I would say it's also two halves. But um, as hard as I, I, I've been, I mean, I was, I was the one last week talking about Pete Carroll needing to be on the hot seat. Um, if they can turn this around and play this, they don't have to play great, but if they can play this level of defense, that will be an impressive, that will be an impressive accomplishment given how bad this thing was tailspinning. They have to do it, but they got a pretty decent chance to, cause they're not facing whether or not they make the games easy. They're not facing any good offenses pretty much the rest of the year. Even the Rams, they've got them later. The Rams are not a good offense. So um, I don't think they play a good offense the rest of the year. So, you know, it all depends on whether they get Nick Mullins in that last week. That's right. And then the the, unbeatable offense. I'm like actually kind of scared of of him, but I don't want to talk about it right now. (laughs) Seahawks have two daddies, the Rams and Nick Mullins. (laughs) I don't want to talk about Nick Mullins. He strikes fear in my heart. Uh, All right. Anything else you guys got? Big fucking dub. Run the table, boys. Hey, Jason Myers, make an hey, extra point, why don't you? Hey, dickhead, when was the last time you missed a field goal, you bitch? When was it? Uh, I don't know. Was it yesterday? No, no. He probably missed one in practice yesterday. It was like years you ago. You don't even know like how many he missed like, in practice yesterday, it was, Evan. It was years ago. It was years ago. He hit a years. 60. He years. Hit a, he hit a six years. 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 He hit a 61-yard field goal like a week that and a half ago. That doesn't change how he's, time works. He, he's forever protected from being shit on. He, he has a shit protection circle from the Real Hawk Talk podcast. He has a shit Isn't, force field now? I, <laughs> he's an all-pro kicker this year? He might be, frankly. I'll be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Jason Myers, get the All Pro so I can shit on the nerds forever. If if Jason Myers makes the All Pro team, Nathan, you have to uh, either buy a Jason Myers jersey, um, or at least have him as your backdrop for a few podcasts. Well, that's going to be a tough call, but yeah, yeah, okay, I'll see which. I'll do one of those two things. Child's XL Myers T-shirt, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Wow. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, We will get back together next Wednesday um, uh, for the next episode of Real Hawk Talk. Uh, This team should be getting healthier. Uh, Hope springs eternal. The schedule is in our favor. Um, Now the Seahawks just got to do what they're supposed to do. They don't have to do anything special. They have to do what they're supposed to do the rest of the year. And uh, everything's open now. Even the number one seed. There's not a single team in the NFC that is running away with this conference. Drew Brees out for a while. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks struggling. I think 
Tampa Bay is playing the Rams this week. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yep. Who do you guys want to win that game? Tampa. Tampa. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I think Tampa's gonna. New Orleans is gonna win that division because of the tiebreaker. So. Well, Breeze is out for a while. They got they got the the one game up on them and the tiebreaker. Yeah. Twice. I think that's yeah. I guess I'd I'd obviously be happy to any, either one of those teams losing. And they're ahead of the Seahawks. But the, the Seahawks, the schedule sets up for them. Um, so we will be back on Wednesday to to talk with all of you. Thank you all for watching. I hope that everybody enjoys the rest of your evening and uh, go Hawks.